one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur and the Spurs go marching in. Is it marching in or marching on? I always, uh, I always seem to not know which one that is. I sort of sing somewhere in between the two. Do you know what I mean? Um, what win? What result? Some people will look at that on face value and say, yeah, it's just Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth looked like a good team. As you know, Matt was saying to me on the, the pod I did midweek, they've had a takeover this summer. They've spent over £100 million. They've got a brand new manager in who likes to play proactive, front foot, attacking, aggressive football, as Ange Postacoglu does. They're a decent outfit. They're a decent team. And I think we saw that today. I think Bournemouth didn't make that easy for us. Our goals came from moments of pure inspiration. And we had to work hard for it. We did have to work hard. And... I think Bournemouth will be... They'll be a difficult outfit for, for a few teams this, this season. But we're not here to talk about Bournemouth, are we? We're here to talk about Tottenham. And uh, just what... It's great. It's great to continue the season. I was... I was, Yeah, let's say I was pessimistic at the start of this year. Thinking, oh, we're going to struggle without Kane. We haven't signed enough players. Blah, 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 you know, is Postacoglu, is he, you know, I know a lot of people like him, but is he going to be experienced enough? Is he going to take to the Premier League? I mean, he's just blown all that out of the water, hasn't he? We talk about all the, you know, the cheesiness of saying someone's like a new signing and all this type of thing. But it feels that way. The, the, the whole squad feels fresh. It feels rejuvenated. We've got the likes of Basuma. We got the likes of, I mean, I can't say Doggy's like a new signing. He literally is a new signing. All right, we bought him last year, but he's been on loan for a year, so he literally is a new signing. Um, but you know, James Madison, what a signing! Literally again, like a new signing. I'll get to somebody who I think has been refreshed as a result of this, and I'm sort of going through the team, and I'm like, well, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's mostly Basuma, who is one of the ones who's like a new signing. But I think he's got Sonny working hard again. He's got Sonny becoming an important part of the team again. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's probably unfair, isn't it? Sonny has always been an important part of the team. But last year, he just felt like he was drifting out, that he was becoming somebody that we were maybe going to get rid of. Um, but he's, he's the captain again. Well, not again, but he is the captain now. He's pretty much at the heart of most attacking things that we do. Somewhere between him and Madison, but they link up very nicely. I mean, I don't need to keep straining this whole kind of like a new signing thing, wondering about the effect Ange Postacoglu's had on the team because we just look absolutely brilliant. We look fantastic. Um the life he's managed to breathe into this squad of players, new or not, 
He's unbelievable. The way he's got them bought into it. Romero said this week that we felt like a family, that the team feels like anything is possible under him. He's achieved this in a matter of weeks, you know? Um, it's, it's quite astounding. And, you know, we were told this by Celtic fans. We were told this by Aussie Spurs fans who were hopeful that he would be able to translate this. But, you know, I don't think it's any kind of like, oh, well, you know, ye of little faith. I mean, maybe to a degree, but I think everybody has a right to feel guarded about something like this, about a new manager coming to Spurs. We've had a lot of false dawns over the past few years. I honestly don't think... I, was anybody really expecting us to be quite this good, quite this soon? It's amazing. I mean, the way those goals, the way those goals were worked, both of them, were just were unbelievable. Sars pass. Sar, there we go. There's there's one of the other new, like a new signing type lads. Conte did give Sar his opportunity in the Champions League, to be fair, but I don't think he ever put as much faith in him as as Ange seems to be doing right now because the lad looks he looks unbelievable, doesn't he? He looks absolutely he really has gone from being one of those players where we're thinking, you know, in a few years it'll be somebody that will be no. None of that stuff now. He's a viable and essential member of the first team. He's absolutely phenomenal. But we'll, we'll dial down more into the players in the, in the second half of the pod. For now, just looking at kind of Sars pass through to Madison. Madison's finish. Lovely to see him get off the mark. Feels funny to say that's his first goal for Spurs because he's been pretty much involved in in nearly every single goal we've scored this year. Um but a great finish from him. What a great performance. Definitely going to be talking about him some more. And then that second goal. That second goal. Absolutely sublime. The way that's worked. The way they're all fighting for it. The way a doggy has fought to keep that ball from going out. To get the cross in. And the finish from that acute angle from Kulisevsky. Who was absolutely brilliant today. Absolutely brilliant. Coming back to... Coming back to some of his best, um, it's exciting. It's exciting. Like I say, Bournemouth were no pushover today. That wasn't just a case that they were a team there for the taking. They made that hard. They defended well. They were compact. They attacked well. They didn't just sit back. They didn't just sit back like, well, you know, no disrespect, but Brentford, who do play more of that Thomas Frank low block style um Bournemouth didn't play like that. I I thought I thought Bournemouth basically looked a bit like us. They played in a in that very compact, well-drilled defensive style, but they still came for us. They still attacked a lot. Semenya was a handful. Very, very good player. Um I wouldn't honestly I wouldn't be against us having a punt on him because he looked he looked like a you know a very, very handy footballer. Um We are. Uh, oh, it's just exciting, isn't it? It's exciting to see Spurs in a place now where we're not. Number one, we're not dreading games, but we're getting results, but actually enjoying the manner in which we're getting these results. You know? Because there's so many times under Conte where 
and even under Mourinho, where we'd get results. And you think, well, you know, we can't fault him. If, if this type of football gets results, then fair play to him, whatever. It's what we need to do. We need to drop this mentality that we have at this club where we think we need to do things this Tottenham way and all this type of thing. But really, it's all just about winning. It's just about getting those three points. But it just isn't. The football supporting experience should be so much richer and so much more exciting than just, you know, as as one of the great sayings goes, boring the opposition into submission. It shouldn't be about that. And it doesn't have to be about that. And Ange Postacoglu is already proving that it doesn't have to be about that. We've spent a bit of money. We have done. So we can't say that this is all completely done on some shoestring. And it is going to be interesting. I mean, we've beat Manchester United. I'm getting to a point now where I'm thinking, bring on Arsenal. Bring it on. You know, it, it it's early days, but the confidence is flying high. And I'm seeing a fair few gooners on Twitter saying, Spurs look decent. Spurs look tidy. I don't like how quickly they've managed to turn it around already. I was I was enjoying them being crap for a while. And, you know, we know those feelings, right? We know those feelings, seeing them turn a bit of a corner the past couple of years, how much better they've managed to get. That, you know, it, it, it's annoying when, you're, when your rivals, you hope they're going to be shit forever and when they actually start to look all right. And I think we do look all right. And yeah, I do, I do hasten to add, not every day is going to be like this. There are going to be some days when we come away from matches thinking, fuck, you know, we've either not won or we've not capitalised on all of our opportunities and we've come away with a draw or just an otherwise disappointing result but that's the nature of it right we've got to have we've got to have faith in it and I think right now at this point in time it's all just about enjoying enjoying the style of play enjoying the the spirit that he's clearly clearly bred into this football team so far because it's something we've not seen for ages right but whether or not we've seen it for a while or not, it's here now. So we don't, we don't need to keep going on about Conte, about the past, all this type of thing, because Ange Postacoglu is here now and that's all that matters. Happy, happy days. A great result. Seven points now um, starting this season. And you know what? The thing is, I'm still not in this place where I want to... No, it's not that I don't want to believe... I just want to stay in the moment for now. I want to carry on enjoying the football. I don't want to be caught up thinking about like, oh, you know, if we get these many points now, our projected tally means we're going to be in the top four or maybe we can... No, I just still, I just want to maintain this sense that I'm here right now in this moment with Tottenham. I'm enjoying each game, looking forward to each game as it comes. I've got Fulham on Tuesday. I'm already buzzing about that. Come on, bring it on. Bring it bring it around. I'm literally, genuinely now, I'm back to watching Match of the Day again. I'm back to watching Match of the Day because I want to hear like what the pundits have to have to say about us. I'm listening to all the Tottenham podcasts. Listen to Fighting Cock, Filthy Shambles, Hometown Glory, The Tottenham Way, The Athletics Pod, all of them. Um, Extra Inch as well. Can't forget those lads. Like, Everybody, every single Tottenham podcast, I can, I can get my grubby, disgusting, piggy hands on. You know, it's 
It's great. And it's great to have this buzz about the place. Do you know what's actually been refreshing? Is going onto Tottenham Twitter for the past couple of weeks and not having an outright civil war about everything. I think we're sort of in a place now where even, you know, when we're talking about ticketing issues and we're talking about the the running of the club, the ownership of the club, people are sort of in a place now where we seem to be able to have more harmonious discussions about it. And it really does make you realise how much your team performing well has an impact on not only your mental health, but so many of the people around you. And it's one might say it's ridiculous to say, but we all feel that, right? Like the sun is always shining a bit more brightly when Tottenham are playing well. And that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, and the sun is shining very brightly at the moment. In fact, it wasn't in Bournemouth, was it? Fucking hell. It's absolutely tipping it down. My microphone, all right? Can I, can you hear very well? Um, I'm trying a bit of a new setup today because for anybody who's listening, as most of you are predominantly, I do a bit more video-y stuff now. Um, and when I say video-y stuff, I film these post-match and stick them on YouTube as well because, you know, why not? That's content, isn't it? That's content. I may be a, I may be a man in my 30s, but I'm still cool, aren't I? I'm still, I'm still wavy. Am I lit? Am I a, a drippy... A drippy vlogger? I think so. Wavy. Lit fam. Um, fucking hell. Do you know one thing? I'll tell you one thing that I was tweeting about that I want to give Ange Postacoglu. How fucking refreshing is it to finally have a manager who actually seems to make substitutes at smart times that are tactically astute? Where you can clearly see why they're doing it. And he makes you realise... How many managers, not only Spurs managers, but just managers in general, who overthink substitutions and, I don't know, arse about. That's the best way I can put it. That's, just, that's the technical term. Because it seems to be that in the past two games now, when he's noticed that the opposition are maybe getting, a, you know, getting the edge on us, he switched it up. He switched it up so that we have then been able to regain control of the game. If he's noticed the tide turning in a football match, he's not sat there fucking waiting for the opposition to score. How, like, especially under Mourinho and especially under Conte, how many times would it be? You know, Spurs would go, say, 1-0 up, and you would see the opposition starting to come back into the game. And we would all be sat there, whether sat at home, sat in a pub, sat at the ground, and all of us know they are going to score soon. Do something. The opposition are going to score. Do something. And they just never would. And then lo and behold, the opposition would equalise and then probably go ahead. And then Conte and Mourinho would make their substitutions in the 80 plus minutes of the game. Too little, too late. How nice is it now to see when Bournemouth were starting to creep back into the game that Big Ange, Ange Postacoglu, made the changes that were just required, that we needed in order to see the game out. It's just, it's, it's, it's astounding. It's astounding how simple it can seem and just how effective it is. And it does make you also think, you know, football, football isn't a difficult game and it needn't be. 
And I know that's a bit proper football, man. And I don't think it's quite as... I don't think anything in life is binary. I don't think anything has a simple solution to it. I think everything... There is minutiae to every single decision that is made, right? But sometimes, some things, the very top of it, the very apex of every single decision, there usually is a binary call that needs to be made. You can take into account all of the data that is collected around an issue. But there are some people that are just decisive. I guess that's the word. And I just, I feel that with Andrew Postacoglu and it may well be, it may well be his age. And I think we're, the thing about him is, I think we are in this, and this probably does a disservice to him for the rest of his career, but right now where he has arrived at Tottenham, it's funny because he's a bloke in his, I think I want to say, let's have a look. I want to say he's in his late 50s. But he might be early 60s. But I think I'm gonna I, I think off the top of my head, he's 56. That's what I'm gonna say. But let's have a look. Uh Ange Postacoglu. 57. There we go. Nearly. 57 years old. So he probably is one of the older, more experienced in terms of years, managers in the Premier League. However, because he's so new to managing in in Europe, he almost feels like a fresh, new, young manager. But he just has the, the experience, the human experience of being a guy of 57 years old, a guy who has gone through it all, right? We, we, I'm not sure when it was from. There was a podcast doing the rounds, an old Ange Postacoglu podcast, where he's talking about if you want anything in life, you can achieve it. You just have to work for it. I'm a big believer in working hard and it's easier to work hard when you're working at something you love. And I completely believe in that. I completely understand what he's saying because, you know, I know that when I do this stuff, when I do like my, you know, Spurs wipe, when I do like writing, when I do the, the, pod, the podding, when I do various other bits of my writing and stuff, Spurs or not, but when I'm flexing that kind of creative muscle, I can just sit and do that for, for hours and I can be completely immersed in it and love it and be prepared to do that. But I've had jobs in the past and we've all had jobs and I do other some jobs now where it feels like pulling teeth and it feels so hard and you get these moments when you're like, God, am I just this lazy shit? I can't, like, why am I, why am I so entitled? Why do I feel this way? But it's, it's not, it's about doing something that you love. And with Ange, I think... If he can breed that type of mentality, if he can just, I don't know, I guess, pass on some of this wisdom to this young crop of players, there could be something very special happening at Tottenham, right? And I, I get it, you know, I, I put some of these videos out this week um, and some people are saying, come on, mate, it's two games, don't get overexcited. And it's like, but... We've all followed Spurs for long enough to know when something feels right, when something feels different. And this feels that way. This guy, you know, for anybody who I doubted, and again, I nod to Jack, Debaser92 on Twitter, who said to me, just have faith in him, mate. Have faith in this guy. He's the real deal. It's true. You know, it's true. There is something very special about him. And like I say, I just think... We talk about there being a toxic blend in football. We spoke about Conte being a toxic blend. I think 
Postacoglu is completely the antithesis of that. Postacoglu is the entirely positive cocktail with Tottenham because it seems to be so much of the collective ethos of the club and the man fits together in tandem completely perfectly. And it's, it's such an exciting time for Spurs. It's such an exciting time. You don't want to get too excited and we don't want to fall into this trap of expectation because I think for a lot of us, what has made us happy at the moment is the lack of expectation of almost Postacogli seeming like a bit of a roll of the dice. And as soon as, as soon as we start with the whole, you know, we should be winning this game, we should be winning that because we want top four, our aspiration is for this and that. That's when, you know, enemy is the... Ex enemy. <laughs> Expectation is almost like the enemy of joy. It's the enemy of of chaos, which can, can, can bring joy, right? Because... And chaos is often seen as like a negative, but there's just there is a chaotic quality to this Tottenham the way in which we're playing that is unpredictable i don't think anybody none of the none of the supporters of like the big teams looked at spurs this year and thought we were anything all right they've got this postacoglu guy and they might be all right but they've lost kane they're out of the conversation united city arsenal chelsea newcastle probably even maybe even someone like aston villa maybe somebody like brighton and maybe the case will be that they, they see that still and we may well be not in the conversation yet. But I think if we persist with this guy and we back him and the players back him, we could well be onto something. So, you know, let's not expect anything. Let's continue to enjoy the football and, you know, let's just see where this takes us. Right, let's do let's do the players. Let's do the players. Tottenham. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, Vicario um, didn't have an awful lot to do today. I mean, I think a keeper under Ange Postacoglu is always going to have a lot to do because he likes to play out from the back. 
it feels very nervy. My mate, um, Yanni, Jonathan, who is my Aussie mate, who, I, you know, some people have said, you've got an Aussie mate, do you? Yeah, bollocks, kind of thing. Who has always been a big fan. Um, Yanni himself is actually Greek Aussie, so he's absolutely buzzing for Ange, loves the guy, um, has followed his career through every single step of it, and he's just delighted to see him playing in the Premier League now. Unfortunately for, for Jonathan, though, he's an Arsenal fan. So at the moment, he's got a very, very uncomfortable relationship with Tottenham Hotspur and hoping that they actually do quite well this year, um, or at least while Ange Postacoglu is in charge of the club. But um, he was saying while we were watching this, like, it's so fucking nervy, man, Ange Ball. Like, you guys are in for a ride because... He loves this playing around at the back and it's going to get you a few times, but, you know, it's all part of the ride. It's part of what it is that he brings to it. But Vicario, I think he pulled off a couple of good stops. He seems solid today. He seems a lot more confident and that's what we wanted from him. Um, you know, maybe it's it's not good to judge a player after a few pre-season games and, a, and one game in, in, in the Premier League because he seems to suddenly just be confident. And I... He, who knows, maybe that is somebody like Ange that has said, look lad, mate, it would be, wouldn't it? Look mate, I've noticed you've been a bit shaky the past couple of games. Snap out of it. We signed you because you're a good keeper. You're a great player. Come on, you're here for a reason. And bang, that's it. I mean, this is my fanfic again, isn't it? But you kind of feel like that might be, that might be the, the case. Um, long mate, continue. Pedro Porro. He's kept faith with him. He's spoken this week about you know whether or not Pedro Porro can play uh, in this kind of inverted right back position. Which, if I'm brutally honest, I f don't fully understand. You know, I'm not a tactico. I I understand the the basic principle of a lot of these tactical ideas, and I can see it with my own eyes to a degree. The inverted fullback, inverted right back, left back, whatever you want to call it, system, I kind of get. I do kind of get, but I, I probably don't understand the full workings of it and why it seems to be so controversial. Why Gary Neville was digging Spurs out for it. I'm not. I'm not 100% on that. Um, but still, it was. It was interesting to see him stick with Pedro Porro um, because he has. He has, you know, split opinion. People have said, oh, maybe, you know, Emerson Royale, myself included in that, have said maybe Emerson Royale is better for this system. Maybe he's the guy that we need to go with. Um, you know, I don't know. Who knows on that one? Um, but Porro did a good job today. He was good against Manchester United in the second half especially. Um He's got a lot of spirit. He, you can tell he's really, really up for the fight here. Really, really up for it. Um, there was that moment, wasn't there, when I think Bournemouth had a tenuous kind of shout for a handball when Porro managed to close down one of the attackers and get the ball out for a corner and he was like geeing everyone up, really getting into it and stuff. And that's just what you want to see. That You want to see that kind of belief engendered throughout the entire squad. I mean, you feel like Ange Postacoglu has managed to do that with them. Um, so that's, you know, that's particularly exciting. Let's wait and see, eh? Let's wait and see on Porro. I do like him. I think he's, I think he's a decent player. Um, 
let's just see. You know, I'm not I'm not going to completely backpedal on it after a few games. I still probably have my reservations on whether or not he's the perfect fit for this system. But you know, that's not for me to decide. That's for Ange Postecoglou to to decide and for him to continue to coach him in a way that he sees fit. Because you know, fuck man. You know who who'd have, who'd have thought it right? Who'd have thought it that coaching players actually works? Coaching players actually breeds results. Um, Christian Romero, solid. And we'd all hoped for this, right? We'd all hoped for Christian Romero to really consistently show some of what we felt he had the potential to do. That sentence really didn't make a lot of sense, did it? But he's always been a player that we've known has some really great, you know, attributes, but has sometimes lacked maybe the 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 mental capacity to to get through games without getting himself kind of booked or sent off or just you know not concentrating on the game and many of us have said let's just wait and see until he's got a decent center back partner alongside him and we'll talk about Mickey van der Ven in a minute but Romero now with a more solid partner alongside him seems more like the player that we hoped he'd be, right? The player that we've seen out there for Argentina. The player who is a vice-captain within this team. Who can just be solid. Can be everything that we hoped he might be. Um, I don't think he was happy last year. He's intimated to that as much. And can you blame him? Can you blame him playing under Antonio Conte, not being happy? Because I can't. Um, but now he just looks like he looks like a totally different player, doesn't he? He looks like a totally different player. And we're hopefully going to get the very, very best of him every time in a Tottenham shirt because the guy just looks solid. And in this system, again, we... I often spoke last year about his physicality, his his ability to get up and down the pitch, his fitness, his strength, his pace, the way he can make those surging, driving runs into the opposition half. And it feels weird to have a centre-back that does that. But now, in this type of system, where this press, this relentless press is required, it just makes so much more sense. And I think Ange Postacoglu must have been licking his chops seeing a player like Romero there. Because he must have thought, this guy is somebody I can mould into being an absolute warrior for me. And it's early days, but it definitely feels like he's on the up and up there. Um, because he, 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 he didn't put a foot wrong today. Um, it's very, very exciting. It's very, very exciting to see a player who we were, many of us were so on the fence with now actually starting to look like he justifies his price tag. And I know price tags are a boring way of, you know, valuing a player, but it's quite literally, you know, a way of valuing a player. Moving on from Romero, we've got to give a massive, massive shout out to his centre-back partner, Mickey van der Ven. I mean, <laughs> again, early days. I'm going to have to caveat every single uh, one of these kind of, ratings, reviews, whatever at the moment with early days, early days. All right, I know, early days, but 
you know, what, 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 what's the point at which we can say they're just good? They're good. Spurs are good. We look good. You know, is there a magical threshold you reach? Please tell me. Like, please get in touch and let me know when we hit this golden ratio whereby we're allowed to be excited as fans and when we're allowed to rate players, when we're allowed to say somebody looks like a good signing or not. Because this is going to be one of those things that continues to get leveled at us. And it's one of those things where we're going to continue to not want to get too excited about all this. But Mickey van der Ven is somebody who perfectly encapsulates all of that, right? We'd heard that he was a player who was a particular profile for Ange Postacoglu. Um, that he was, a, he was a data-led acquisition or at least a... Yeah, I guess it was a data-led acquisition. He was of the type of profile that Ange Postacoglu wanted. He just he has a lot of similar attributes to um, to Romero. He's aggressive. He's aggressive. He's front foot. He comes out and he meets attackers. He doesn't wait for them to do something. His objective is to get the ball off of the attacker. Again, we talk about football being a simple game. That seems simple, doesn't it? It seems so obvious, but he does it so well. Maybe you know there were some fears in a different type of system that. He's a type of defender that would get caught out or whatever. I don't know, but he looks absolutely perfect for this system. And that's all that I particularly care about, you know. Um, he is, I mean, it feels like a harsh word to say. It feels like a horrible word to say. But he's freakish in that he is so massive. He is such a massive guy. He's an absolute unit, but he's so nimble. He's so agile. He's so athletic. Like he's he's an unbelievable specimen. Like it's 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 quite mad. It's quite mad. Um, he's so quick. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody saw there was that painful video. I'm not sure where it had come from, but it was you know obviously somebody one of the, the social media platforms had gotten some time at Spurs, and they were comparing him to various different animals. Mickey, can you run as fast as a pig? Can you run as fast as a squirrel? All this type of thing. Because I think they clocked that, you know, the Wolfsburg track back and tackle that he made that kind of went viral last year. They tracked him running at about 23 miles an hour or something. Pretty mad. Um, and so they were comparing him to all these different animals. And, you know, like Charlotte's Dutch, half her, fa well, she's half Dutch, half her family's Dutch. And I'm sure for any Dutch listeners, you'll know what I mean. They're they're not rude people, but they're just quite curt. They don't they don't suffer the bullshit. They don't like the small talk. And I think this is quite a a standard Northern European thing. I think a lot of the Brits, a lot of us, have this habit of saying, you know, hello. An example was again was when I was in Iceland. You know, I would say like, hello, hi, how are you? Great, blah blah. And one of like my Icelandic colleagues was just like. Why every day do you say like, how's it going? How are you doing? It's all right outside, isn't it? Whoever's interested, blah, like it's like, hello, let's get on with our job. It's fine. And you sort of think, oh, fucking hell. Like, do you think I'm some fucking bore off? I mean, they probably do to be fair, but <laughs> my point was that like, you can tell Van der Ven, like he was sort of like giggling along with it at first. And then you could see he hit a point with this where he was like, fucking hell, how many more of these am I going to have to go through? Um, but Regardless of that, we don't need to talk about cringeworthy social media interviews or anything like that. We can just talk about Mickey van der Ven and what an absolute fucking player he looks like. 
it's so mad to think that the defence was something that we were so worried about for so long. And space of, you know, a transfer window, we've managed to almost turn that around. I do worry a bit about the lack of depth. We're still being linked with Tosin. There's, you know, uh, uh, a, a suggested swap deal with Eric Dyer has been floating about, but it seems like the lad would rather go to Monaco. So I've kind of got my thoughts on how much I want a player that doesn't actually want to be here. But I'm sure Postacoglu will have his own thoughts on that and will be working, if this player does get brought in, will be working on exactly that um, and how he addresses that as an issue. Um, if we want to put that as an issue, I don't know. Um, but Van de Ven, what a player. Destiny a doggy, man. Like, I did, you know, I spoke about him last week and I clipped that bit up and I put it out on like on TikTok because like I said, you know, I'm, I'm down with the kids. I do have a TikTok now. Tetrunk underscore RTR pod. Um, and a lot of people have been just been saying, you know, basically a lot of opposition fans have been saying like, yeah, you're getting overexcited, you're getting overexcited, but it is just all oh, Spurs fans being like, baller, this, like this guy, he is that guy. And we can all see it, right? We all know it. We've cycled through, no disrespect to them, but we've cycled through Reguillon, we've cycled through Sessegnon, you know, We've had Ben Davis playing there for a bit, who I think Ben Davis is a solid, fine defender, but he's not suited to those lung-busting kind of high-pressure, you know, movements up the pitch where he needs to get up there, commit, and then get back in time to put in a defensive shift. Destiny is blowing everybody out the water. I cannot believe he's 20 years old. I just can't believe it. I'm going to probably keep saying this all season long because he is such a phenomenal player. He's so good. He's so, so good. He's he's so good to the degree that I am worried that Manchester City will, this summer, as soon as this summer, just say, here's 100 mil. Have it. Shut up. He's ours. Um, and if that happens, massive shame. But... Like we're not looking ahead to Spurs thinking, oh, are we going to finish in the top four? Are we going to win something? Are we not? I'm going to do that equally with the negative shit. Who cares? Let's let's exist within this moment right now and say, Fabio Paratici, I didn't did see eye to eye with you on everything, but in this instance, well done, mate, because you found an absolute gem there. What a player. One absolutely phenomenal player. And Jesus, 20 years old. Long may this one continue. So, Pape Matasar. Fantastic, fantastic pass for Madison's goal. Um, he's really just coming into his own. You can tell he's, he's, conf he's feeling confident. He's looking confident. Everything he's doing, the way in which he's playing, is exuding confidence. How many more times can I say confident or package up that he's feeling confident in a certain way? But he is just great. He's very exciting. He's kind of, as I was saying in the, in the top half, he feels like a player who 
we were not too long ago saying he'll be a good one for the future. He will be. He'll be, you know, in a few years' time, he'll come good. And then we're going to be able to rely on him. Um, but, you know, right now he is good for the team. He's ready for the team, I think. And we just look all the better for having him in there. He's, yeah, um, I think he's calm. I think he's collected in possession. I think he's he's ballsy. He attacks and he looks very slight. He's a very sort of, he's very thin guy, but he's tough. Like he's a tough player. I don't know if, I mean, you must have seen it in uh, Spurs posted this week. Um, this like, Rabona type volley that he scored in training absolutely disgusting like he's he's clearly got a lot of quality there he's clearly got a lot of quality in his in his locker um so yeah fantastic what a talent what an amazing young player Yves Basuma um just standard very very solid tireless effort tireless shift today He's such a leader on the pitch. I think that's one of those things I wasn't expecting from him. Because, you know, you see sort of his social media presence. He seems like a bit of a joker. You know, he's sort of like, you know, not messes about, but do you know what I mean? He like, he's sort of, he's just having a laugh, isn't he? A lot of the time in the training room and change training room and the changing room and all that type of thing. Um, but it seems to be that when it's sort of, when it's, when it's the match, He's just, you know, it goes serious, doesn't it? It's, it's game time. Game face on. Like, he's... I mean, he's just... He's he's an essential part of this team already. And we can keep repeating this about how mad it's been that he wasn't playing last year and all that. But it, it doesn't make it any less true just because it's being repeated, you know? He's... He's a very, very, very good player. And... He just feels so solid, you know? And I think that's a player we don't have to caveat. We don't have to say, oh, it's early days. So we've seen how good he was at Brighton. Um, we've seen what, a, you know, we knew, or at least it felt like a massive coup when we signed him. And even more so now. I, you know, I can't believe how cheaply we got him. Dejan Kulisevsky looking like he's getting back to his best. I mean, what a finish, number one. What an absolute finish from the guy. Um, he's starting to look fitter. I think that's, a, honestly, I think that's been such a big part of it. Confidence definitely plays a part, but I think his fitness has just not been quite there. I don't think he's come back from injury fully fit. I don't think he's managed to find his feet because he's just been thrown in. So he's such an important part of the team. And this is under Conte, I'm saying. Um, in the first few weeks of this sort of Postacoglu revolution, he's... I still think struggled, um, but today much more on it. Not just for the goal, which again, I, I do have to say again, what a goal, what a finish. The angle at which he took that was was amazing. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. But yeah, I mean, his, his overall play today, it looked like he was, I don't know, maybe it's confirmation bias, but it looked to me like he was working harder Looked to me more like his his effort was more productive, shall we say, that he was more of a menace for the opposition. 
Um, I mean, if we can get him, imagine, man. Imagine if, if he gets back to his best, like we saw him for a time. Because he honestly looked like one of the best young players in Europe. In the tail end of that first Conte season, he was astonishingly good. And I've said on here before, honestly, I think it's as simple as him looking as good as he did that made Spurs tick in that bit. I really don't know how much of that was down to Conte. Honestly, I really don't. I think Kulusevski was a difference maker. And if he gets back to his best in this Postacoglu system, fucking hell, oppositions beware. Um, Hummin Son, Sonny boy, a good performance today, I thought. Again, good performance. Seems to be that with, with every game, he's again getting fitter, but just looking more comfortable knowing his role, knowing what it is that he's got to do. He's a constant threat, a constant menace for the opposition. But it's the fact, it's the strength of it is how much he's bringing the opposition, the opposition, bringing our players into it. I think him and the doggy are linking up perfectly. I think him, Basuma and Madison all work together very, very, very nicely. I think Sonny was trying his best today to make something happen for Richarlison. I just really like this about Sonny. I like seeing him play with this confidence, playing with this directness. He doesn't seem to have this, I don't want to say a burden of scoring goals, but now that it seems to be that his role is more about creating goals, should we say, making opportunities for his for his teammates, for making sure they get involved, to be more of a, a distraction, if you like, for the opposition. I'm really liking this. Um, and it's good because then we know that he can score goals. And when we do shift him centrally, which is going to happen, which happened today, as we saw, he uh, he's, he's you know, right there for it because he's Hummin Son. He's, he's won a golden boot. He's one of our record goal scorers. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, James Madison. I need to talk about James Madison because I had no idea how good this bloke was. I had absolutely no idea. We'd seen him at Leicester score some bangers. But I also remember his time at Leicester. I think he gave the ball away for Bergwijn's winner when we beat them 3-2 in that amazing reverse fixture. And I remember seeing in that kind of game when the when the tide was turning against Leicester that he sort of went missing a bit. And maybe that's not a fair characterization. That's such a small sample size. But I didn't watch James Madison week in, week out. I did have this idea that he was some match of the day player. Can crop up can crop up with a banger. Can look good while he does it. And then he goes on Instagram or whatever and posts pictures of himself in all his wavy gum and all that kind of thing. The guy is unbelievable. I take it all back. James Madders, if you're watching this, lad, you won't be. If you're watching this, if you hear this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took such delight in when we beat you when you played for Leicester and it looked like you were going to cry. 
I'm sorry I reveled in that, mate. It was a moment in time because... Geezer. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking to James Madison directly now. But what a player. Unbelievable. When I say that, I, I, you know, I saw him score the odd banger. We did, and that doesn't mean he's not a good player. But what I didn't realise is that he had this almost maturity to him, this leadership on the pitch. The, the amount of pace that he has has surprised me. But it's not just that. The main, the biggest thing is his close control. This dribbling that he has. The way in which he can he runs at players and gets past them and then manages to just pick a perfect ball. It's like he's he, he, he's operating in two places at the same time. He's dribbling past the guy that's in front of him and he sees old mate who's making a run over there and he knows that once he gets past these two players, he can dink the ball over there and, you know, hunky-dory. Like, he's... He's an absolutely brilliant player. He would be... I said on Twitter, he would be an asset for any team in the Premier League. The only side who I'd maybe debate is Manchester United because I think they almost have the Portuguese James Madison in Bruno Fernandes. Some people may think Madders is way better. Some people probably think Bruno Fernandes is way better. I do think they're fairly comparable players. I think they have some similarities. Personally speaking, I am happy that we have James Madison. I think he's better. <laughs> I do. And I think, as I said before, Manchester City will be absolutely kicking themselves that they didn't go for him. There was some talk that they were interested. They didn't follow it up. Spurs went in there, got him. Now De Bruyne is out for months and they absolutely look like they could do with somebody like James Madison because I'm not saying he's on that level. Kevin De Bruyne, my hot take on this is Kevin De Bruyne is the greatest ever Premier League footballer. I think that. James Madison is a similar type of player to him. A lot more similar than I thought he was. He's amazing. I think he's I think he's phenomenal. I cannot believe we got him for the price that we got him for. He looks like a if 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 Kai Havertz is a 65 million pound footballer, James Madison is a 365 million pound footballer. He's sensational. What a player. What a player. Now, it's all been a bit too positive up until this point, hasn't it? I'm sorry to say. But there is one negative from today. And that is Richarlison. Um, very, very, very disappointing. Um, look, he might be running low on confidence. I understand that. I appreciate that. Um, I thought in the first half he was working hard. He was, you know, looking to try and get on the end of things. He was maybe unlucky with a couple of the opportunities that fell his way. I personally thought he could have done better. There was that one opportunity. I think it was Son who played him through and he took too many touches and ended up absolutely fluffing it. Um, I think he could have done better with that. But, you know, Phil reckoned he was a bit unlucky. Um, the second half, though. He just like, it looked like he came out of his head down. He looked like, you know, he was in a pissy mood. You've got to brush that stuff off, man. Like, 
you're a, you know, you're a Premier League footballer at the end of the day, right? It's not all going to go your way, but the difference is between the sort of the the good players and the absolutely great players is that they can brush off their disappointments, wait for the next opportunity, you know? Richarlison, had he kept his head up, had he kept working hard, would have would have had opportunities, would have got his goal and could have kicked on from there. But instead, he started acting petulantly. He was sulking around the pitch. And I think he was bringing the vibe down. I do think he was. And Andrew was completely right to bring him off. It was the right move. Because I was starting to get pissed off with him. And, you know, I do think, as I keep saying, I think one of the things I do want to try and bear in mind a lot more this year is players, their mental health. And it's valid to think that way. But... It is a sport, you know, we are allowed to in our capacity as fans, if it doesn't go too far, to criticise a player and to say that their actions at times on the pitch were questionable and we didn't like them. And not everything needs to be caveated with a a sense of guilt. Um, just, Just don't get too carried away about it. Remember, everybody's human. Everybody can have an off day. And Richarlison definitely had an off day. Um... But it was disappointing. Um, I'll be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Ange also lets him know that he was disappointed in him. I think the the sheer act of taking him off is probably enough to let him know his thoughts. And it's not enough, and it's not good enough. You know, you can you can say Harry Kane's going to be hard to replace. Fine, he is. He is. He's going to be so hard to replace that nobody literally can replace him. Nobody is going to score. I mean, maybe they will, but it's what we said about Jimmy Greaves, but how long did that take? Nobody's going to score as many goals as Harry Kane did. That's going to take some getting used to. Like Lara said on the pod this week, Jermaine Defoe is one of our greatest ever goal scorers. His best ever Premier League return was Harry Kane's worst ever Premier League return. You know, there's a scale to this stuff, which is quite, quite insane. Harry Kane's impact on the club. But if Richarlison's got that in his head that he needs to replace Harry Kane, because he it's funny because he's the one that offered it up. He said, I can't replace Harry Kane. The guy's a club icon. But I don't think anybody's really asking you to do that, mate. All that they're asking you to do is, number one, score some goals, work hard, which you are doing, but just, just think about the bigger picture a bit. And he's an emotional guy. I get it. He's an emotional guy. I think he is... In some ways, a bit of a man-child. Just going to open up the door to my glass house there um, before I say that. Yeah, he is a bit of a man-child. But today was disappointing. Today was disappointing in a different way. It's not that he didn't score. It's not that he fluffed a couple of opportunities. It was disappointing to see his personal failures or his personal difficulties overtake the the good for the collective because so far in this team it's all been about the collective that seems to be the mentality that Ange is bringing to the place and it was disappointing to today to see one person put himself above the team you know and I don't think we need to sort of crucify the guy for that and I don't think we need to say much more than that but it was disappointing it was right to take him off I do have faith in him. I think he's a nice kid. Um, A kid again. He's a nice guy. He's a nice man. He's a nice human being. But 
I uh, want to see less of that today. Let's hope it's just a blip. I do have faith in him. He's Brazil's number nine. He's a you know he's a brilliant footballer. Um, we'll keep the faith in him. Skippy, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you much of what he did today. Sorry, I, you know I, I like Skippy. You know whatever. I think it was part of an overall sort of system gear change, wasn't it? That that Andrew was bringing about, um, where he wanted to, you know, add a bit more defensive kind of. I don't want to say grit, but energy into the into the side. Bournemouth were definitely coming back into it and we needed some legs and Skippy will run for days. Skippy will work hard and that's what it is. What could he do individually? What did he do individually? I couldn't tell you, but him being emblematic of a gear shift, um, I get that and fine. I understand it. It's a good shift. It's a good move. Hoybier, look, I really hope he's happy doing this. I'm ha- I hope he's happy being a part of this. I hope he's happy being the guy that can be what is really an essential part of this team when he comes in in the times like he did against United and he did like today and shores things up because he works so fucking hard. I said this last year, he works so hard and he still can keep things ticking along. He can pass well, but he is a more defensively minded player. And I think if we having him as that as his function... To just work hard alongside Van der Ven, alongside Romero, to shore things up. Great. I don't know if he's going to be happy doing that, is he? Because, you know, he probably could start for Palace or somebody like that. Play week in, week out for them. Um, I even saw him linked with Liverpool, you know. I know they've been struggling to find, like, you know, to get that player. Got pied off by Lavia and Casido. And I had heard, I mean, it's Twitter, but I did see that they were linked with him as maybe a last, you know, a last option for them. And you could imagine somebody like Klopp actually doing all right with him. I don't know. Um, But I hope we can keep hold of him and he will continue to, to perform this function for us. Even Perisic, great. Again, when he came on, let's just keep even Perisic to keep doing what he's doing. I think he'll be happy doing this. He's an older player. He's in very good nick, but he is an older player. Um, he doesn't have to do the full 90 minutes, but he can come on and have an impact because, you know, he did today. He was he was part of the build-up of the second goal. He His delivery is fantastic. He reads the play brilliantly. Great. It's great to see him playing in this attacking role. And I dare say, I dare say, if we do get to the latter stages of a cup competition, he might have some say in that. He might have some say in our success somewhere along the line. That's all. I'm, that's just a. That's just a, a, a prediction. It's not a prediction. It's not an expectation. That's just a, a bet, shall we say? It's a bit of fun. A bit of fun. Are we allowed to do that every now and again? Gilles Celso came on, played very well. Hopefully the rumours are not true that he wants out, that he you know, doesn't feel like he's had enough game time because again, he came on today. He was busy. He was tidy in what he was doing. Good player. I'm happy to see him about, about the place. Can fill in for either, I think he can fill in for either Basuma or Madison. 
different player to both of them, doesn't do what each of those two can do as well. But what I'm saying is I think he can fill in in either of their positions within this system and do something of a job. Maybe doesn't quite have the defensive legs of Basuma, but I still think he can he can do a job in that position. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. But we, you know, I think he's a good player. Let's keep hold of him. Ben Davis. Um, a doggy went off, didn't he? Um, I forgot to mention earlier. Don't know the full extent of that one. Let's hope it's not bad. Um, please, you know, but. Benny Boy came on, did a good job. Um, we definitely were playing less expansively in that second half, so it probably suits Ben to 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 play in you know in in that type of a system. Um, but it remains to be seen what it'll be like if you know if a doggy is out. Will we will we revert back to you know Reggion or someone like that? I don't know. Who knows? Um, don't know let's hope a doggy's fine but great performance today from all of the lads fantastic you know let's just keep this let's keep this momentum going on to tuesday on to fulham into them tottenham um love it like i say i am posting stuff on instagram nowadays give me a follow on instagram to trunk um also on tiktok i'm on tiktok kids um i am there at no, at rtrpod underscore tetrunk. So give me a follow on there. Also got a Patreon. Get involved in the Patreon where there's different pods that come out throughout the week. Um, Patreon.com slash rtrpod. So yeah, I appreciate if that's, you know, if that's not something everybody can do, then fine. Please, you can just support the pod by sharing it. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Reddit. Share it wherever you share stuff, you know? I don't know. Share it word of mouth. That still happens, doesn't it? Leave a rating. Leave a review. It does help the pod to grow. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you can't tell, I do put a lot of work into the pod. So it's nice if you can you can just give a little bit back. Yeah, all right? Give a little bit back for your, for your free content. Yeah? Um, but whatever. Yeah. Just a little rating, a little review. Fine. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for listening. It's exciting times. Come on, you Spurs. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.